The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are very glad to have you with us today. Today in studio, there's Robbie. Hello, Robbie. Hello, Sam. And Vinny. Hey, Sam. And then Al was planning to be here, but that didn't work out very well. And so he's not with us today. He's still driving back from Virginia. So hopefully he'll be back uh, sometime soon. But uh, that's our topic today is Al. No, we're going to talk about plans. <laughs> no, we're, we usually talk about Al a lot. We're going to talk about plans, and our plans don't always work out. And we're going to talk about those little inconveniences that can happen, but those big plans you make for your life. Now, I'm sure you guys have known somebody along the way that their life just didn't work out the way they thought it would. Would you agree that that happens? Uh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and so I want to go to a clip pretty quickly, and it's from the movie uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, and it's about a executive that comes up through the ranks and uh, has a lot invested in the company, and then the company tanks, and let's see what happens after that. What are you doing? Uh, going through our finances. I, I'm not sure, but it seems that we may be in a little bit of a pickle, Dick. Well, sure. Our, our financial bounce back has taken a little bit longer than expected, but, you know, that's natural. Our lawn was repossessed today. I didn't even know they could do that. Now, I'm, I think that maybe it's time that you should start thinking about accepting something a little bit lower than a vice presidency. No, it took me 15 years to get a VP ship. If I step back now, I'll lose everything I worked for. We're just going to have to suck it up for a couple of months. In a couple of months, we'll be declaring bankruptcy. Oh, come on. Our, our savings, look, our savings was in Globadine stock. And look, our pension was in Globadine stock. Oh. Everything was in Globadine stock. Mama, all, all of is covered with dirt. It is so much fun. I can't meet a woodman. <laughs> now, Billy is looking at the glass half full. Hun, relax. We've got 600 grand. Where? We're standing in it. Our house. Since Globadine, the local property market crashed, Dick. If we sold our house today, we would actually owe the bank 150 grand. I knew it. It was churning in my gut, and I didn't listen. It's going to be okay. But, you know? You said that we could afford this I house, and that we could take out a I second mortgage, so that we could, we could put it in the pool, we yeah. could redo the kitchen. I said that. All of that, and now we are on the verge of losing the house. If we lose the house, well, then Billy loses all sense of security, and later on, never be able to have a relationship. So he'd just spend his whole life just alone. Just, there he'll be, just alone. Nobody with him, just like a bum. Hun? Like a... Hun? Yeah. You need a paper bag? You said everything was going to be okay. <laughs> that, that clip has so much in it, but uh, it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> it's very fun. And if you haven't watched the movie, their little boy comes in, and the storyline along that is he speaks Spanish because he spends so much time with the people that help him take care of the house. Then he does it really as parents, and so you know he speaks Spanish throughout the whole movie, and it's pretty funny. But you, you definitely hear a couple that had their life planned out. At least the husband did, and the wife was coming along with him, and. And so we see some things that kind of happen if things don't work out as planned. You know, in that clip we heard, what would we hear, Robbie? What was happening between the couple? 
Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> they had expectations financially that were going to lead to their happiness somehow or another. And, you know, we're not seeing anything within the relationship that was there. Right. Right. And then there starts to be some blaming that comes along the way. Right. And so. And panic. And panic. <laughs> fear. And that's the time when the enemy likes to come in and get us to blame other people or blame God. That, you know, this didn't work out and I was following your will, God. So what happened? And we're going to talk about what happens when things don't work out the way that you planned they would. Or if they worked out exactly how you planned, how come you're not fulfilled? And so, Robbie, you had a story about that second part, didn't you? Where you kind of had this plan? Yeah, well, I spent, you know, 40 years in the automobile business. And I was hoping someday I'd get to be a general manager. And then I got to be a general manager. And I was really hoping someday that... <laughs> I would be a dealer principal. And then I got, you know, the, my own store out there in Moxville and I really thought, okay, now this is going to lead to this financially. This is going to lead to this where I have freedom not to work for all these people. And I'm not going to have the stress and all these things. And oh my word, all up the ante on all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything just went up another notch, another level of tension and another level of, of insecurity that I had never really even experienced before. And what I thought, again, was going to be the <laughs> pinnacle of freedom turned out to be the pinnacle of oppression. Mm -hmm. um, and God knew that. And, and, and it was interesting that it, it all has to do with a larger story, which really the, the, one of the neat things about the boot camp coming up for me, Sam, is, to, is when my eyes got opened up to, wow, there's a lot more going on here than whether or not Robbie becomes a general manager. Yeah. When we start living in that small story and we stay in that small context, it's easy to take things and blow them way out of proportion when we're not looking at the bigger picture. And in this bigger picture, for these people, obviously life's continuing on. They're not dealing with a, a life-ending illness or something of that nature, and so they have a lot of opportunity left for them. And I know that there's times that I thought that my life was going to work out a certain way. And, Vinny, you had a story back when you were young. You had a vision of doing something for a living uh, that a lot of your friends did as well. That's right. Uh, in my day, we played stickball all the time and baseball, and we had the great Joe DiMaggio. You know, this is the 40s, and everybody wanted to be a ball player. So that was my dream, to be a ball player, and I was pretty good. Uh, when I got into high school, Brian High, I played with a couple of guys. I got signed up by the Yankees and the Brooklyn, the then Brooklyn Dodgers. Whitey Ford and Billy Lowe's. And I got signed up to uh, Detroit. And I played for about two months. And, you know, the masculine journey went on. And I had a girlfriend. And I wanted, <laughs> to, come, I wanted to come on home. And I said, you can keep your $75 a, uh, a month. I'm going home. Bye. And, you know, so that dream went down the tubes. But I want everybody out there to know that Robbie owned his dealership. It was a beautiful place, and I bought four cars over, off of Robbie. I don't know if that was good or bad, uh, but I well, guess it was it brought good. us together, which it ends did. up being part of the it larger did. story. But that is true. I made a friendship of about 28 years. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, for me, I had life kind of planned out. Actually, a couple times we planned to live in Indiana the whole time, and we've been setting up this old house that we had to be a bed and breakfast when the kids were gone. And so about the time we get the house done, living in it about a year, God calls us to come to North Carolina. And we came down here and thought that we we're going to have our life pretty well planned out. And uh, 
the market dropped in housing, which is what I do. And you know, after I'd worked at one place almost 17 years, in the last eight, I've worked at three places, which is totally different. You know, And each time I thought there was going to be this plan, and they just didn't work out. And I can start to get bitter. I can start to blame God, or I can start to say, okay, there's opportunity here. If it wasn't for those things happening the way they did, we probably never would have had the first boot camp, or we would have, it would have looked different. Because I wouldn't have been able to take time off of work to go to the boot camp or to prepare for it and the things that we needed to do. And so God was really laying some groundwork of some things that he knew my heart needed much more than that income. Now, we needed the income, obviously. but And that's kind of what happened with you, wasn't it, Robbie, that you know you found some freedom at the end of that? Yeah. you know, never would have dreamed that I would end up in radio, and with that would come a lot of different things. But losing the dealership was definitely part of what God had. And and the freedom that came at the at the at that still blows my mind at the things I did not realize were really really affecting me and, and keeping me, you know, just totally occupied with things that were not moving the kingdom forward. Mm-hmm. And as I began to understand, as God allowed me to walk with other people in other ministries to see how big the picture is and and what God is really doing, He's so much more imp- <laughs> more concerned about where where Robbie is you know on the spiritual ladder than he is on where he's at on a financial ladder yeah, and that doesn't mean God doesn't want good things for you but just like if you know, a lot of we're all parents but if you're not a parent out there you can imagine you know having somebody you love you want things for them that's more than financial in nature there's deeper things there's more important things than that in their life would I like my kids to be to do well financially, absolutely, but not at the cost of being happy, not yeah. at the cost of oppression. You know, and so sometimes God's going to intervene to help us break free of the things we don't even know they're holding us captive. You know, I felt a lot of freedom after uh, that job, after I went through a mourning process, went through a grieving process, went through an angry process, all those stages. But on the back side of that was really opportunity and and also freedom which is nice to have and god gives us an opportunity to get involved in some really unbelievable adventures that we had no idea he had waiting for us mm-hmm. and in his own way uh william wallace you know got involved in one of those adventures um because he didn't start out thinking that it was going to be you know fighting the english no his desire was exactly what we're going to hear in this clip Sir, I know it was strange of me to invite Mullen to ride last night, but I assure you I... McClannock's daughter is another matter. I come to fetch you to a meeting. What kind of meeting? The secret kind. Your meetings are a waste of time, Campbell. Your father was a fighter and a patriot. I know who my father was. I came back home to raise crops and, God willing, a family. If I can live in peace, I will. God. You say you want to stay out of the troubles? Aye. If you can prove it, you may court my daughter. Until you prove it, my answer is no. No. No, Wallace. No. Didn't I just prove it? No. 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 <laughs> People don't really realize that was not William Wallace's mission. You know, hey, I'm going to go out and start this revolution. He wanted what a lot of us want, just to be happy, just to have a family, and settle down. But life doesn't always come at us that way, does it? No. And and the, the 
the fascinating thing is is God has been at work this whole time. Mm-hmm. And and he really has something for you that's way beyond your wildest expectation. And and so when those things start to happen that you see your plans unravel, um, what an opportunity lays ahead of us to, to begin to check under the hood and see what God has in mind. It's it's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. I know lots of stories of guys that have lost their position only to find what they loved later on. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that third party that's in the middle of this as well that we don't always give credit to that wants to trip us up. And we're going to learn more about how we have to push on through this. Come back and join us. Masculine Journey Radio is listener supported and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site. And from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support. And Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Sam Main here for Mask and Journey Radio Show. Our show often focuses on healing and freedom that's found through walking more intimately with the Father. I know no one wants to see a counselor, but often there are times I find myself stuck and needing a little bit more help. And that's why I turn to my friends at Seasons of the Heart. Kim and Catherine are experienced counselors that help you find healing through the Father. For more information on Seasons of the Heart, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are talking today about something that I think happens to most everybody. Something doesn't work out as planned. And we're not talking about the party that didn't happen that I thought was going to happen or the cable shut off right in the middle of the football game. Things that like that, right? <laughs> which would be frustrating. Or they turn it to the movie Heidi, which happened back. Benny, you probably remember that. Yes. Um, we're talking about when life doesn't work out. The, the, the plans that you make for yourself. And, and often will think, oh, well, God abandoned me, or he doesn't love me. And that's one place that we might take it, or we may take it internal. And Robbie, you sent me an article this week about what happens internally to a tree. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, actually, um, those that know me know that my mother's been really, really ill. And so, as I guess in those situations, and we were facing my mother's death, maybe us siblings for the first time just a whole lot of drama happened that I really wasn't expecting and caught me off guard and a lot of screaming and yelling and old wounds got brought up and I was praying that next morning because I knew there was something drastically wrong here I mean I knew that I was not where I needed to be in Christ I wasn't abiding (laughs) necessarily Mm -hmm. and as I looked out across the field which is you know, part of the reason I love boot camps is because we get out there outside and I saw this big, huge oak tree. And as I looked at that oak tree, I thought, you know, I bet that oak tree is rotten in the middle. I bet the inside of it is rotted. Because, you know, big trees like that, they, they tend to always be rotten in the middle. And so I, I looked up at God and I said, God, why is it that trees always rot in the middle? Big old trees, why do they become rotten in the middle? And God said, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> And so I took him up on it and I Googled it. And the very first thing that it's, that that it said is Ken's tree service, which I sent you the article and Ken 
quickly said, had nothing to do with God whatsoever, by the way, other than he said, the main reason that I said most older, you know, big trees rot in the middle because of a wound. Mm-hmm. And those wounds introduce bacteria. And bacteria is nature's way of taking care of dead trees. Is they, they, But once that bacteria gets in there, then, you know, it begins to eat away the flesh of, of that tree. And the next thing you know, you've got a hollow tree. Mm-hmm. Well, when I began to think about what was going on with my brothers and sisters, and there's a lot of wounds there. Mm-hmm. But in Ken's article on trees, you know how trees protect themselves against bacteria is they create something called a ram's horn, which I find fascinating that they call it a ram's horn. And they, if you ever look at a, like a tree that's got a big hole in it, you can see something that looks sort of round and it's leveled like a ram's horn that it's, it's, it's curling itself around itself to protect itself from that bacteria. Now we have the lamb, the -hmm. blood of the lamb. That's meant to, to heal our wounds. But in order to heal those wounds, it's that blood's got to get wrapped around it. And we got to go back to um, where that wound happened. And for my sister and myself, we, we had to get with each other and really talk about, wow, you remember this fight we had when we were kids? And you remember where that went and how it happened? And we, we asked Jesus to come in there and heal us both. And we both got a little ram's horn. <laughs> we got some healing. But, but the thing of it is, is if we don't, if we don't get some healing from those wounds, we're going to end up a big old empty tree that's right. rotted out in the middle. It, and you see that a lot of times in guys that's put their, their profession is who they are. It's their identity. You know, I, what do you, you tell me about yourself. Well, I do this for a living. That's what most guys say. Well, what happens when that's gone? And they're left with that hollow feeling and they're feeling abandoned. They're feeling all these things. And that's where the enemy loves to come in. We want to listen to a clip here from the Lion King and talk about it when we come back. But this is uh, from the clip. This is when, um, what's his name? The little one. Simba. Oh, Simba. Simba. Thank you. Yeah, Simba's talking about going to be king. And his uncle Scar, just listen to the uh, hate that he has in his voice that the young one doesn't recognize. Guess what? I despise guessing games. I'm going to be king of Pride Rock. Oh, goody. My dad just showed me the whole kingdom. And I'm going to rule it all. (laughs) Yes. Well, forgive me for not leaping for joy. Bad back, you know. Uncle Scar, when I'm king, what'll that make you? A monkey's uncle. (laughs) You're so weird. You have no idea. So, your father showed you the whole kingdom, did he? Everything. He didn't show you what's beyond that rise of the northern border. Well, no. Said I can't go there. And he's absolutely right. It's far too dangerous. Only the bravest lions go there. Well, I'm brave. On this one, you can see the enemy starting to work this young, tender place. And, oh, yeah. And so you've seen the movie, I'm sure, Robbie. What, what happens later on in the movie when this, this person's already got some type of authority with Simba? He's kind of accepted some of his lies. Because you know, Simba get, does go to that place he's not supposed to go. It doesn't end up really well initially. Well, just think of how many of us got sucked, our, let our ambition, oh, we're the only the bravest lions. That's where we need to go. Same kind of thing. Yeah. 
and and then when things happen, the enemy turns it back on Simba, and that's what he loves to do to us. He loves to turn us back, turn it back on us, turn it towards God, turn it towards other people, and, and that's just where he's getting that fertile ground to work with. That we got to say, no, I'm not going to give ground there, and that's when we stay in that larger story. And we talk a lot about the larger story, but that is. The context in which we live, we're in a world at war. There is an enemy out there, but yet we live like he doesn't exist. And, and, and a lot of churches, unfortunately, don't bring up spiritual warfare enough. I was talking to somebody this week that said that, and this is a 52-year-old person, that said last year was the first time, and they've went to church their whole life, that they ever heard the term spiritual warfare. And that just amazes me that there's this other entity out here that's really trying to, to kill and destroy our hearts in any way it can, but yet we don't pay any attention to it. And so we talk a lot about warfare at, camp, at boot camp. We talk about wounds. And so we're going to touch on some of the stuff here today that, that really at the boot camp really gives us the opportunity to open up and learn more about it and see how much it's really impacted our life, how much it has rotted us from the inside out. Now, Vinny, I know that you've been to a couple boot camps, and you've probably heard all the talks a couple times, but each time, doesn't God do something a little different for you? Oh, yes. Uh, and it's also the speaker that's telling the story, because the story is always uh, different, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we all go through uh, is in a similar way, but it's a completely different story. So it's very, very interesting. I marveled at the young people, and uh, I really hope that we get the young people to enjoy, you know, a boot camp and come with us on our boot camp this coming up in April. But uh, those are the ones that we should be really concerned about Mm -hmm. and uh, help them through their life Mm -hmm. and expectations. You know, sometimes... It just ain't going to happen. A lot of times we can get to them young people. Uh, sometimes it's harder to get to the old fogies like me because <laughs> our minds are set. Mm-hmm. But I love, Sam, to watch the young people when we do the boot camp. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is all the best part of a boot camp, yeah. the young people. In what really young men, young men, and we're gonna have people there from 18 to how old are you, Vinny? <laughs> 80, 84. 84. So, and Vinny may not be the oldest man that's there, that's right. And so, we're gonna have everywhere in between, and they're coming from Colorado from different places. And this is just gonna be a great opportunity for you to come out and get this bigger context so that when life does happen, you have something to compare it to and understand it better, right? One of my favorite talks is your place in the story. You know, we talk about that there's a larger story, but where do I fit into this story? And how do I take the events of my life and triangulate that to understand maybe where God has me going? And, uh, you know, speaking of younger people in a clip, Rocky was telling his son, you know, this is how it goes. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. 
you know, as you listen to that clip, there's so much truth in it. Yeah. Life just keeps coming at you. You know, Vinny, how many times have you thought in right. 84 years, <coughs> well, if right. I can just get past this next hurdle. Right. And there were so many of them, you know. Yeah. But they come at you one at a time, you know. Yeah. And to go through them and live and learn from each experience, that's the story. So how do we get through those? Because life events are going to happen. Right. There's another one around the corner for us at some point. Right. And, and they happen. And so how, what do you what do you hold to in the midst of it? So maybe it is I have a plan for this job and I lose it or I have a plan to retire and the retirement's gone or, right. you know, my spouse is no longer with me. Those types of things. You know, we have these plans and they don't work out. So what do we hold on in the midst of the storm that Rocky's talking about to push through? And. That's the thing that I have most at a boot camp that makes a huge difference is opportunities to go meet with God and ask him where we headed. (laughs) This isn't making a lot of sense here. You know, what's the next move? What, where do I get that information? And here we have, you know, a lot of men and we know that masculinity is, is passed on by, by men Mm -hmm. and having those kind of people around you that have walked through there and triangulated some serious wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, people that have been abused, people that have had all sorts of wounds. Um, and, and, and being able to come forward after some of that stuff, Sam, it's huge. And, and you giving those talks every time, you know, men come out and say, wow, this is what we needed to hear. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, God works in people's hearts at, at the boot camps and, I know for me, that's where he really reached my heart for the first time. And I wasn't 18, Vinny. I wish I was, you know, when it happened, I was uh, probably 40. And so, you know, it would have been nice to have known some of that when I was facing some of those challenges. But each one of those challenges is an opportunity to overcome and learn about yourself. It's an opportunity to go grow closer to God. Robbie, that's happened with you each time. Oh, man. You know, each one of these oh. setbacks, when you go to him and say, what's going on? It doesn't feel right. But you have to anchor yourself to a couple truths. You have to know that God loves you more than you can even comprehend. He wants the best things for you, and they may not be exactly what you think they are. And he wants you to have life more than you want that new car. And so he's going to come after that because he loves you. And we also got to remember there is an enemy that's playing in this. So when you face that challenge, push through and hold on to the fact that your father loves you and you're being opposed and you're man enough to push through it with his help. Thanks for listening.